Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. If you search the four Gospels for these words of Jesus, you will not find them. St. Paul quoted them to the Ephesians in Acts chapter 20 when giving his final farewell to them. Perhaps Jesus said these words to Paul alone. Maybe Jesus said these words to many and Paul was there. We are not told. We are told, however, to remember them. And it sounds as if Paul had quoted them before. These words that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What a fitting summary these words are of our gospel lesson today. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Give, and it will be given to you, for it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus should know. Who, after all, has given more than Jesus? And who is more blessed than Jesus? Jesus, of all people, should know that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let us first consider how this is true for our Lord and Savior. Then, being so trained by God's grace we will be more like our teacher and able to see clearly how true this is for us as well. That it is more blessed to give than to receive. Just as no one has given more than Jesus, no one has received more than Jesus. You can't give what you don't have. One must first receive in order to give away. There is a well-known legal principle used in our courts to this day, nemo dat, they call it. No one gives that confirms just this. Nemo dat quod non habet. No one gives what he does not have. You can't sell another man's car, nor can you give it away from the goodness of your heart. In order to consider what Jesus gives, which makes him so blessed, we must first consider what Jesus has received. Jesus received a body. By his miraculous conception and birth, the eternal Son of God, who created all things that exist, received what he did not have before. He received from God a human body and soul. But more blessing than in getting it, Jesus found in giving it. He gave that which he got into death to bear God's judgment against all of us and all our sin. He gave his own body and soul. And having received his life again because he was innocent, having borne all sin so thoroughly so that all was left was his innocence, having received his life back, he also received vindication. Vindication is public proof and proclamation of one's innocence and righteousness. But more than in getting his life back and getting vindicated, Jesus found greater blessing in giving it to us, in giving us his life 
by giving us his righteousness. He got our sin and he gave us forgiveness. He gets and he gives. Jesus found more blessing in giving than in receiving. What a mystery. With the same measure that Jesus used, it was measured right back to him. This is to say that the more he gave, the more he received. And the more he received, the more he gave. He received a body and soul, he gave it into death. He received resurrection and life, he gave it to us. With the same measure he uses in giving to us, the Father keeps measuring it back to him. And so because of all he gave, Jesus also received a name that is above every other name. And it, at his name every knee shall bow. Now what a blessing to receive. And yet again, even in getting this, Jesus counts it a greater blessing to give. To give us a name. He gives us the name of Christians when we are baptized by water and his word and thereby anointed or christened with his Holy Spirit. He makes us heirs of eternal life and co-heirs with himself. He counts himself more blessed to share his blessing than to receive it in the first place. More blessed to give his name than to get it. More blessed than that every knee should bow to him is that our enemies should stumble and fall before us. There is nothing Jesus has received that he doesn't give. More blessed, therefore, than the fact that Jesus receives honor from the Father and is served by angels, and that he is declared the very Son of God with power. More blessed for Jesus than even this is that he gives us this honor, and that his angels should serve us, even as we struggle with sin and doubt and pain and groan until we too are revealed as sons of God. Oh, what a marvelous mystery. Jesus gets and he gives, and he will not be outblessed. He gets the most. He gives the most. He is the most blessed. We find our greatest blessing when he is blessed more. He gives and we receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the perspective that Jesus teaches us. He is our teacher. Jesus doesn't want to receive anything that he doesn't want to give to us. But his Father keeps giving him all that is good because he loves him and he deserves it. And so Jesus keeps giving to us because he loves us. He gives us what he deserves and not what we deserve. Jesus became man to deserve it as a man so that getting it as a man he might give it to men. As it is written, when he ascended on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And as we read in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. This is to say that the first man, Adam, our father according to the flesh, is defined by his getting. And so are we by nature. We are defined by our receiving life from God. We are defined by the lesser blessing. And yet by Adam's taking what was forbidden of him, seeking a greater blessing the wrong way, 
He brought sin and death into the world and to all his children. He would have gained more blessing by giving than by taking. But the second Adam, our Father according to the Spirit, to the true and holy Son of Man, our Lord Jesus Christ, he is identified by his giving. He is defined by his giving true spiritual life to us, by taking what was commanded of him to take, that is his cross, and by receiving the cup of wrath from the Father and drinking it to its dregs, Jesus brought forgiveness and new life into the world. He who has received all power and authority in heaven and on earth is defined for us by his giving. He gives life. He is defined by the greater blessing. He uses all that he has received to give us all that we need to live forever. What a wonderful mystery indeed. The more Jesus gets, the more he gives. He counts his greatest blessing not in the pouring into his cup, but in the overflowing of his cup to quench our thirst and make us glad. Not in the feast provided in his honor, but in the crumbs he feeds to the little dogs who beg. Not in receiving his waking breath from death to life, but in his breathing on his church's first preachers, the peace of God that he died to win for sinners like you and me, and that he commanded them to preach to us in his name. He receives life to give life. Giving to us is not the mere product of what he got. It was the purpose of what he got. And in giving us salvation, Jesus finds more blessing in this. When we receive it and believe it, than in receiving whatever life and glory was already his from eternity. And this is because he loves us. This is because the Father loves him. This is because the Father loves us in his Son. The other day, my two-year-old daughter begged for a cheese stick. She chewed it up, spit it out, and begged for another. We didn't comply. It was nap time. She didn't know what she wanted. She just wanted to get for the sake of getting. But she didn't know the value of receiving what she wanted. We gave her food. She gave us a mess to clean. On the other hand, I have been charmed and amused many times watching an older child of mine beg for some treat only to give it to a younger sibling. What a joy to comply. It's so sweet. The older sibling is no mere middleman, though, to bring food to the younger child. No, she is the source of our delight and the reason we give. The older child finds more blessing in giving than in getting, so we give to her. And her younger sibling receives all the benefits. Even if we were not inclined to feed the younger child, yet we give and give and give to the older child for sheer joy that she gives and gives and gives whatever it is she gets. She is more blessed in giving than in getting. <laughs>
She gets in order to give. The first is a picture of what it means to receive in vain. There is no blessing in this. The second is a picture of what it means to be well-trained. There is great blessing in this. It is a picture of what Christ does for us. The Father knows that whatever he gives the Son, the Son will give to us. So the Father gives and gives. He loves us. He loves us in his Son. It is for Jesus' sake that so many blessings come our way. It is for the sake of him who gives and gives that the Father is pleased to see us get and get. We are blessed in our receiving. Jesus is more blessed in his giving. We receive all we have for Jesus' sake. This is true of all blessings. It is even more true of the far greater spiritual blessings of heavenly peace and rest and eternal fellowship with God. As Jesus promised, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say that the Holy Spirit will take of mine and declare it to you. Jesus counts himself more blessed in giving than in receiving, precisely because he received in order to give to us. Jesus receives sinners. He receives sinners in order to give us back to God. He receives us at our worst and most defiled in order to present us to his Father as holy and spotless and without any blame or shame. He receives in order to find his greater blessing in his giving. And so we bless him. We bless him by receiving what he gives. We bless Jesus by gathering around his word to receive from him what our souls need to live. We have no good without him. We have only sin. We have only that which we received from our disobedient father, Adam. And we have made a shameful mess of it all. We have gotten and gotten and used what we get to amuse ourselves and serve ourselves. We have sinned. We have despised preaching in his word. And we have despised our neighbor. Our blessing begins in what we receive from God for Jesus' sake. We receive forgiveness and peace for the sake of what Jesus gave for our salvation on the cross. We bless Jesus by receiving. We also bless Jesus by giving. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now this is not to say that our giving is more advantageous to us than our receiving. It isn't. Our receiving saves us. Our giving does not save us. But the very nature of what we receive is that it is something to give. One who does not give what he has received has not truly received. He has received the way Adam received from his wife when he ate. He has received the way a two-year-old receives what she immediately spits out. But to receive with a good conscience and to your benefit and with knowledge of God's permission and favor means that we will also in turn give. It is the very nature of the gift. What we receive from God by which we are very blessed is something worth, worth giving. 
by which we are more blessed. What a mystery. Only our receiving saves us. But the very nature of what we receive, which saves us, is that we will give. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So says Jesus. Seek the greater blessing. This is what Jesus teaches us. He trains us so that we might be like him. We seek the greater blessing by receiving the blessing as something worth giving. We see it as something worth giving when we know it as something worth getting. We live in need of mercy. We live receiving mercy. We live giving mercy. One who does not show mercy is one who has not truly received it. This is what St. Paul calls believing in vain. Yes, there is such a, such a thing. Believing for nothing. Believing with no benefit in believing. To believe the gospel is to embrace the mercy of God which comes through Christ his Son. It is not possible for God to give only a little mercy. It is not possible for him to fill your bosom just a little, enough to be saved. No, he always overfills it. He always presses it down, shakes it together, and even then still always overfills it. He loves you for Jesus' sake by giving his son an overabundance to share. And he loves your neighbor through you. That's how the Father shows mercy through his Son, and Christ shows mercy through you. He causes the gospel to, gospel to be preached through what believing Christians like you give in order to support the preaching of the gospel because they know that there is nothing that they have that they didn't receive. He leads the blind out of the darkness of unbelief and despair through the kindness and direction of those to whom he has granted sight. God's mercy consists in this toward you, that he doesn't judge you, he doesn't condemn you, he gains what he most desires by judging and condemning Christ in your place, he gives and forgives not so that we might judge and condemn, he lights our lanterns not so that we might hide it under a basket and condemn those still in darkness, no, but to give light to the whole house so that we might lead one another and each other to God's mercy by showing forth the mercy that God has overfilled our hearts with. We have received much. Jesus says, everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be sought. To receive from God with no impulse to give is to abort what God has given you. It is to take the good and refuse to produce good and serve the good. As we face a great evil in our culture today, we see the core of the issue. Sinners want to take what is good from God, but they do not want to give what is good to another. This can hardly be better pictured by the wicked sacrament of abortion 
that is flaunted and vaunted today. To take what is good and refuse to serve the weaker and the needy. They find the greater blessing in getting than in receiving. This is a murderous outlook that causes literal murder in the process. And we must condemn it. We must judge this as a great evil. We identify the evil and see the source of this sin in our own hearts too. What infuriates us is a mere sliver that has been shaved off from the plank that each one of us was born with in our eye. And just as God will come and judge and ask to see what each of our talents has produced, he will also ask where our children are whom he has given. He gave much. Much will be sought. And yet we have lost so much. We have squandered so much. We have taken and refused to give only in Christ do we find the mercy we need. Only in him who finds more blessing in giving than in getting. He is overflowing. He never runs out. He is forever blessed. We condemn sin first and foremost by knowing what sins of our own God has not condemned us for. We judge what is evil first and foremost by judging ourselves and receiving God's pardon. We judge and condemn the sins of our age. We judge and condemn the sins in our brothers and sisters in Christ. As we admonish one another and correct one another, we do so always with this purpose and goal in mind to give what we have. To help lead the blind into the marvelous light of redemption. To forgive those who have sinned against us and to be merciful. As Jesus has shown us how. To refuse to judge and condemn such sins as abortion is to refuse to find the same root of sin in yourself. And so the blind lead the blind. But you must condemn murder precisely because you must repent of your own. And so we do. We are blessed by him who remains always more blessed. We receive from him who never stops giving. We will never give enough praise to match what we have received, but we will never stop giving praise, and so it will be forever that the giver will be the most blessed. Alleluia. For he who gave himself will never stop giving what is good to us. Let us pray. From morn till eve my theme shall be Thy mercy's wondrous measure. To sacrifice myself for thee shall be my aim and pleasure. My stream of life shall ever be a current flowing ceaselessly, thy constant praise outpouring. I'll treasure in my memory, O Lord, all thou hast done for me, thy gracious love adoring. Amen. 
peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto eternal life. Amen.